Welcome to TSX Quarterly, the podcast that brings you publicly available earnings calls from companies listed on the Toronto Stock Exchange in one convenient location. Gone are the days of looking through confusing websites. You'll find the important information right here. Enjoy the call. Centera Gold 2020 Second Quarter Results Conference Call and Webcast. During the presentation, all participants will be in a listen-only mode. Afterwards, we'll conduct a question and answer session, and at that time, if you have a question, you can press the 1 followed by the 4 on your telephone. If you're joining us by phone and you need to reach an operator, you can press star 0. And as a reminder, this conference is being recorded Friday, July 31st, 2020. I'd now like to turn it to John Pearson, Vice President, Investor Relations. Please go ahead, sir. Uh, thank you, Operator. Uh, I would like to welcome everyone to Centera Gold's second quarter results conference call. Uh, we have summary slides which are available on Centera Gold's website to accompany uh, each speaker's remarks. Uh, today's call is open to all members of the investment community and media. And following the formal remarks, the Operator will give the instructions for asking a question and then we will open the phone line to questions. Please note that all figures are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise noted. Joining me today remotely is Scott Perry, President and Chief Executive Officer, Darren Millman, Chief Financial Officer, Dan Desjardins, Chief Operating Officer, and Yusuf Brayman, our General Counsel. I would like to caution everyone that certain statements made today may be forward-looking statements, and as such, are subject to known and unknown risks, which may cause our actual results to differ from those expressed or implied. Also, certain of the measures we will discuss today are non-GAAP measures. Please refer to our description of non-GAAP measures in the news release and MDNA. For a more detailed discussion of the material risks, assumptions, and uncertainties, please refer to our news release and MDNA issued this morning, along with the unaudited financial statements and notes, and our other filings, all of which can be found on CDAR and the company's website at centeragold.com. And now I'll turn the, Scott, the call over to Scott Perry. Thanks, John, and uh, good morning, everyone, and thanks for dialing into our Q2 earnings conference call. Uh, I, I hope and wish that everyone is safe and well during these uh, extraordinary times of the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. In terms of my remarks, I'm just referencing slide five of our accompanying uh, earnings conference call presentation deck. Uh, just looking at each of these bullet points, the uh, first bullet point here, just with regards to the COVID-19 pandemic, obviously uh, extraordinary times. I think we as a, as a team, as a company, we've been very diligent in terms of the preventative measures and the protocols that we've put in place. And uh, I think it's been serving us well to the best of our knowledge. Uh, all three of our operations uh, are currently virus-free. And so you see that in terms of our operating results, our, our levels of productivity, et cetera. Uh, generally speaking, we've been uh, unaffected by the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, in terms of safety, it uh, continues to be a you know, primary focus uh, for us, you know, as well as the COVID-19 pandemic. The, uh, the well-being, the health and the safety of our employees is our, our number one focus. Uh, in terms of safety, we had a, a number of milestones in the quarter, but really one of the key notable ones was uh, Oxford, our, our new operation in Turkey, just recently achieved 3 million hours, 3 million man hours 
of uh, lost time incident-free operations, which is a, a fantastic milestone uh, for the property and, uh, you know, full credit, very commendable to our leadership team uh, in Turkey. Uh, likewise, you can see here in the third bullet point, uh, one of the key milestones during the quarter was Oxer, which is our new gold mining operation, our third operation. Uh, we actually declared and achieved commercial production uh, during the quarter. This has been, a, a, again, a fantastic milestone. We, we poured first gold in January, and to be so quickly uh, declaring commercial production thereafter, I think, is uh, very competitive. Uh, in terms of the operational results, I think it was a great quarter for the company. Uh, you can see here in the fourth bullet point, we produced just under 220,000 ounces of gold and, and just over 19 million pounds of copper. So it was an you know, excellent level of uh, you know, gold production and copper production. And you can see that really resonates in uh, the bullet points below, where if I reference the last bullet point, you know, our all and sustaining cost company-wide was very competitive, uh, $804 per ounce. Uh, you can see in parenthesis there, you know, each of our operations were each producing gold uh, lower than an all and sustaining cost of $700 per ounce. So at Kumtor, $696 per ounce. At Mount Milligan, $679 per ounce. And at Oxert, uh, you know, very low cost at $537 per ounce. So albeit Oxert's still in its uh, sort of initial ramp-up phase, but already is, uh, you know, presenting as one of our lowest cost operations uh, in our portfolio. So obviously in terms of the prevailing gold price environment. This makes for a, you know, a very high margin business. If I move to the next slide on uh, slide six, just to uh, address some of the financial highlights, um, you can see the first bullet point here, just given that low on sustaining costs, you know, the high level of productivity and the high margins that I uh, referenced earlier, you can see that's really flowing through in terms of the bottom line profitability and I'll talk to free cash flow. But first bullet point here, you know, our net earnings during uh, Q2 was uh, 80.7 million dollars which equates to 27 cents uh, per share uh, but when you look at the, the free cash flow if i move to the second bullet point the third bullet point um, the cash provided by operations was a, was a very strong 268 million dollars but here in the third bullet point i think this is really the, the key takeaway uh, the business is performing really well uh, just given the current gold price environment the level of production the low on sustaining costs and you can see that's really resonating in terms of our free cash flow generation so in uh, q2 on a company-wide basis, we generated $169 million of positive free cash flow. But really, I think one of the key takeaways, when you look at in parenthesis there, all, all of our operations are generating you know, very meaningful uh, positive free cash flow. So Kumtor itself generated $157 million of positive free cash flow. Mount Milligan generated $34 million of positive free cash flow. And, and what I was most pleased with is, you know, Oxford, we only just declared commercial production, but in its first sort of stub quarter of commercial production, it's already generating positive free cash flow of $5 million. And I think this, you know, this, this presents well in terms of where our business is going. As we move forward here, quarter over quarter, we're expecting, you know, meaningful progressive increases in production from Oxford, and that's going to put us in really good stead to see, uh, you know, growing free cash flows uh, coming out of Turkey. Uh, the fourth bullet point here, just given the strong level of profitability, strong free cash flows, you can see uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, Darren, our chief financial officer, you know, he's been very focused on eliminating all the debt on our balance sheet. And we've now finished the quarter with a, a debt-free balance sheet, which I think presents uh, really well. And I think it's a very competitive balance sheet relative to our uh, comparative peer group. So we finished the quarter with a, a net cash position of $212 million. And uh, if you take into account our available credit lines, we now have a, a total liquidity of $712 million. So, you know, very strong treasury position and obviously uh, positions our business very well uh, moving forward. 
the uh, the fifth bullet point here, we continue to uh, maintain our, our guidance, which was you know originally issued at the beginning of this year. You know, as I mentioned at the outset, we haven't seen any you know meaningful impact in terms of the COVID-19 pandemic. So, you know, we, we didn't withdraw our guidance. We've actually continued to maintain and reiterate that guidance, uh, you know, moving forward. Um, last, last bullet point I reference here is that our dividend, um, uh, you know, shareholders may have noted that we've now increased uh, our quarterly dividend by 25%. On a, on a go forward basis, we're going to be looking to maintain that quarterly dividend at uh, five cents uh, per share. Uh, last thing I'll reference on this slide is just the uh, the charts here at the bottom. I think it just speaks to some of the uh, the bullet points above. But you just look at where our business is going, and I think it's a it's it's a scenario of our, our fundamentals are strengthening here quarter over quarter, just given the rising gold price environment. But you know we're also benefiting from uh, a lot of the uh, devaluation that we've seen in the uh, local currencies in terms of the jurisdictions where we operate, as well as a, a lower diesel fuel price environment. So the margins that we're seeing in our business now. Uh, potentially the uh, the highest margins that I personally have seen uh, in the five years that I've, I've been with the company. So just looking at the charts, uh, moving from left to right, you can see Kumtor, we, you know, we had a fantastic Q1, but in, in Q2 here, it's, it's been even better, uh, more than anything because of the higher gold price. But you can see Kumtor, just the quarter of a quarter uh, increase in free cash flow, um, you know, $157 million in Q2. Likewise, at Mount Milligan, you can see the growth quarter of a quarter. But uh, likewise, Oxert, again, this is our new operating mine in Turkey, and you know, very pleased to see that already transitioning to positive free cash flow. And as I mentioned earlier, as we move forward over the course of this year, we are expecting a, a meaningful progressive quarter over quarter increase in gold production. So that's going to you know, uh, bode well in terms of where Oxert's uh, profitability and free cash flows uh, are going to be going here in Q3 and Q4. And then obviously, you know, it all it all resonates in uh, the, the chart there on the bottom right in terms of the company-wide free cash flow. Again, I think that was a very competitive sort of peer-leading peer level of free cash flow with the company generating $169 million of positive free cash flow. Um, just moving on to slide seven, um, you know, again, just focusing on the free cash flow uh, theme, uh, you can see the chart here in the top left. It's just a typical waterfall chart just illustrating uh, the, the level of free cash flow that was generated by the operating mines. So you can see all three mines together uh, generated uh, $294 million of free cash flow. And this is for the first six months of this year. It's on a year-to-date basis. And in the red decrements, you can just see how we've been deploying that cash flow. So the first decrement there, obviously one of our key focuses has been uh, you know, eliminating uh, any sort of uh, debt facilities on our balance sheet. And as I mentioned earlier, we've now finished the quarter with a debt-free balance sheet. You can see we've also been uh, we've, uh, redistributed uh, $17 million in terms of dividend distributions. And then you can see the remaining decrement associated with our development projects, corporate GNA and uh, exploration. Uh, I reference the chart in the bottom left. Um, again, I've spoken to these numbers, you know, the positive free cash flow. But whenever I'm presenting this chart, I like to talk to uh, 2019. So when you look at Q2, Q3, Q4, you can see the level of positive free cash flow that we're generating on a, a company-wide basis was... Uh, you know, relatively modest, um, but you can see the significant step up that took place in Q1 of 2020. And so what I like to reference is, you know, in 2019, obviously the company were, you know, very focused on uh, the construction of Oxert. And so a lot of the positive free cash flow that we're generating from Kumtor and Mount Milligan, we're using that free cash flow to finance the construction at Oxert. But as we exited 2019, construction was uh, essentially pretty close to being complete. So you can see the immediate step up in uh, positive free cash flow in Q1 of uh, 2020. Um, that step up, you know, it's even more uh, 
pronounced when you look at the, the Q2 result of $169 million of positive free cash flow because obviously Oxford, we're no longer in construction, has now transitioned into operations. We declare commercial production. And as you saw in our Q2 results, Oxford was actually generating positive free cash flow. So again, I think this puts us in you know really good stead. It bodes really well for what we can expect in terms of Sintera's uh, go-forward profile as, as Oxford is going to be increasingly contributing uh, you know, meaningful positive free cash flow. And again, this puts us in really good stead as we move forward here. And uh, last point I'd reference is, you know, our realized gold price during the quarter was uh, just over $1,600 per ounce. Obviously, we're in a much stronger gold price environment uh, as we speak. So if, if that does continue, um, again, it just bodes really well for where our profitability and positive free cash flow is going. Uh, the chart on the bottom right uh, just speaks to the, uh, the debt-free balance sheet that I spoke to earlier. Uh, you can see year over year here we've been uh, you know, very um, progressively uh, paying down our debt and uh, we've now successfully uh, achieved um, you know, a debt-free balance sheet and you know, finishing the quarter of a net cash balance of $212 million. Um, with that, I'm now going to look to pass the call over to uh, Dan Desjardins, who's our Chief Operating Officer, and, and Dan will expand a bit more on some of the uh, operational highlights. So, uh, Dan, please. Thanks, Scott. Good morning, everyone. Uh, please, please move to slide nine. Our Q2 operational highlights start with safety, uh, and we have a number of highlights. Uh, in April, both Comess and Oxsuit both achieved one-year uh, lost time injury free. At Kumtor, where you have 900 contractors, uh, they've just achieved two years without a, a lost time incident. And then uh, at, uh, in July at Oxsuit, the 1,100-strong workforce there hit 3 million man-hours without an LTI. Uh, this is uh, a majority of these hours were during the very difficult winter we had through construction and with all a majority of new employees. So we feel very, very proud uh, of that operation. On the production front, we had a very strong quarter. Uh, we produced 219,692 ounces of gold and 19.1 uh, million pounds of copper at an all-in sustaining cost of $804 per ounce sold. Uh, in terms of the Q2 results by operation, Kumtor continues to produce at a steady rate. We're blending the cutback 19 ore feed from the stockpile, uh, and in the quarter, we had a recovery rate of 84%, which was uh, very strong. On the COVID front in Kyrgyzstan, it was substantially under control in April and May uh, in the country due to strong measures taken by the government, although recently there has been a large increase in cases in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, due to the remoteness of our operation, the company is able to test and quarantine employees and contractors at our off-site quarantine facility before going to the mine site. Uh, this has allowed us to, the best of our knowledge, uh, keep the property virus-free. On the operating supplies, we've built up uh, in case of interruptions, and we do have strong support from government to continue operations. Uh, Kumtor in the second quarter uh, produced 173,245 ounces. Uh, that's what they poured at an all-in sustaining cost of uh, 696. Uh, the site did have some large capital uh, equipment purchases in the quarter um, and will benefit from that uh, long into the future. Uh, we finalized our new design for the Lisi waste dump in the quarter, uh, taking into account all the learning lessons from the tragic failure that we had. Uh, this was submitted to government in the quarter, and just the uh, past week uh, we did receive uh, approval from the government to return to the Lisi waste dump. 
which will see us get back up to uh, planned tonnages uh, for cutback 20 uh, in Q3, given the uh, the benefit uh, from the haulage profiles, the reduced uh, haulage distance, and the resulting efficiencies. Cumtor generated 156.9 million free cash flow in Q2, and that brand brought our year-to-date free cash flow to 253 million. Taking into account the successful drilling campaign of 2018-2019, Kumtor is on track to release an updated 43-101 technical report this fall, uh, validating that its mine it really is a, a Tier 1 mine. Shifting over to Mount Milligan, uh, COVID in northern British Columbia is very much under control. We continue to keep uh, strong discipline according to government guidelines, uh, which has helped us run at full capacity since late May. Uh, we did have two weeks where we shut down the mine, but we also brought the mill down for a full maintenance shut in April, um, which set the site up for success, and we've been able to run at our full uh, complement of employees since. Uh, the, uh, we achieved a throughput average in the quarter of 48,000 tons per day, uh, which reflected a planned shutdown for the mill uh, that we did. Uh, but we also achieved a record throughput tonnage mark in June, exceeding 63,500 tons per day, along with excellent recovery of both copper and gold. So in the quarter, Mount Milligan produced 35,656 uh, uh, ounces of gold and all-in sustaining cost of uh, a very strong 679, and it produced uh, 19.1 million pounds of copper. Uh, on the uh, process water topic, uh, we had a very wet spring, uh, and it's been continuing to be cool and wet, so we have ample water to run at full capacity. Uh, at the end of June, we had 6 million cubic meters of water in inventory, and uh, that's continued to build. So we continue to pursue medium and long-term solutions that will give us uh, ample water to have no impacts on operations. Milligan generated 34 million dollars in free cash flow in the quarter and uh, 56 million for the year at our ox suit our new our new mine as scott mentioned uh, our first gold pour was at the end of january uh, and we achieved commercial production uh, may 31 uh, the covid situation in turkey is stable as the country executed a full control opening uh, april 15 our mine has been operating uh, it did have two weeks of interruption uh, for the first two weeks of april but uh, there's been little to no effect on operations since that time. Uh, on the gold production front, uh, we did 10,791 ounces for the quarter at an all-in sustaining cost of 537 per ounce uh, for uh, one month of commercial production. Uh, even as we continue to oper uh, ramp up, the operation generated $13.5 million in cash from operations and $5 million in free cash flow in the quarter. Go over to slide 10. We can talk about our operational's key focus. For 2020, we continue to focus on improving our safety performance. We've engaged some uh, subject matter experts uh, and adjust ourselves to improve our, our controls, especially of key risks. At Oxute, we have ramped up commercial production in mine tons, crushed or placed on the heap, and our ADR plant is running as designed. Uh, subsequently, the heap will inc keep increasing its leaching of ounces as per our plans. Uh, by the end of Q2, we did have 1.2 million tons stacked on the heap under irrigation and a large ore stockpile waiting for crushing and placement. 
For 2020, Mount Milligan's team is focused on achieving consistent and improved mill throughput and recovery and is getting a stronger handle on the plant mechanical availability. The operations team also is taking steps to improve its cost performance uh, throughout the company. We are taking advantage of this lower commodity pricing to build our inventories. At Mount Milligan, we have flattened our organizational structure. Uh, we've scrutinized our rentals and all, all contracts as well as improving uh, mine productivity. Uh, Kumtor is on track to deliver its updated 43101 in the fall of 2020. Uh, we'll be converting a meaningful portion of our measured and indicating resources into reserves and showcasing an extended mine life. Finally, we continue brownfield exploration with a planned $32 million investment company-wide, including $20 million at Kumtor. Move over to slide 11. Uh, this is a graph of our water inventory in the TSF. And as you can see, we have a substantial inventory as compared to the levels at the same time in the previous three years. On slide 12, these are photos of Oxoot, the, the, including uh, last fall's mining, heap leach pad, and facilities. As you can see, there's, uh, there's blue sky over the site. Now I'll turn the call over to Darren. Thanks, Dan, and uh, morning, everyone. Um, for those following on our... Uh, Investor deck um, on slide 14. Centera uh, recorded 412 million in revenue during the quarter. This consisted of 346 million in gold sales, 40 million in copper sales, and 26 million from a molybdenum business unit. During the quarter, the company's average gold price realised was $1,620 per ounce and $2.06 per pound of copper. In the quarter, we sold 217,000 ounces of gold, 170,000 ounces attributable to Kumtor, 35,000 ounces from Mount Milligan, and 12,000 ounces gold, 12,000 gold ounces being sold at Oxu. As previously mentioned by Scott and Dan, Oxu achieved commercial production on May 31st. In comparison um, to prior year quarter, gold ounces sold had an increase by 10% and a 7% 7 increase in comparison to the first quarter of 2020. We sold 19.3 million pounds of copper, a slight increase in comparison to the prior year quarter. Uh, I'll just move over to slide 15. Net earnings of 80.7 million was recorded in the first quarter. This included a 17.1 million non-cash adjustment to our closed site, our closed site asset retirement obligation the expenses associated with the movement in the underlying discount rates with reference to US and Canadian Treasury bond rates. There was no change to the underlying activities required to remediate the properties. The adjusted earnings after excluding the non-cash ARR expense was 97.8 million. The adjusted earnings per share for the quarter was 33 cents. From a consolidated cost perspective, Centera in the quarter production costs were $410 per ounce, an all-in sustaining cost of $804 per ounce. At an asset level, Kumtor recorded all-in sustaining costs of $696 per ounce, while Mount Milligan recorded an all-in sustaining cost of $679 per ounce for the quarter. For the month of June, Oxford recorded an all-in sustaining cost of $537 per ounce. At all our operations, we recorded significant betterment in cash provided by operations. 
Kumtor recorded $220 million in cash from operations, a 138% increase. Mount Milligan recorded $42 million, a 158% increase from operations, with Oxy contributing $13 million in a quarter. This translated to $160 million in consolidated free cash flow for the quarter, with Oxford delivering $5 million in free cash flow while still in the early phases of ramp-up. Year-to-date, the company has generated $246 million in free cash flow. As noted in the bottom left-hand table, Centera repaid all of its debt and finished with $212 million in cash and $712 million in total liquidity. On slide 15, I'd also refer you to the bottom right-hand chart. Year-to-date, the company has produced 410,000 ounces of gold, tracking very well to achieve gold to achieve guidance as Oxit ramps up in the second half of 2020. Cost, year-to-date, also tracking well with all sustaining cost of $804 per ounce, below the, the current guidance range. In the second half of 2020, the company expects the Kumtul will process more lower-grade material than in the first half of 2020, but also expects an increase in production from oxide mine, the oxide mine as it continues to ramp up its gold production. Full-year gold production guidance for 2020 is being maintained between 740,000 ounces to 820,000 ounces for the year. Year-to-date, the company has spent $166 million on capital expenditure, slightly below target, with the remainder expected to be incurred in the second half of the year. Total capex for 2020 is guided to $415 million. Given the financial strength of the company and free cash flow generations now from all three mines, the Centera board increased our quarterly dividend to $0.05 cents, um, for the quarter, a 25% increase, and it's expected to be at this consistent level quarter on quarter while still subject to regular board, board approvals. With that, I'll pass it back to Scott. Thanks, Darren. And uh, look, I'll just look to wrap up the presentation here on slide number 17. Um, just referencing the, uh, the top left uh, quadrant here, just a couple of these bullet points I want to reference. Obviously, the first bullet point, as Darren just spoke to, this is our guidance and just gives you a bit of an appreciation for our scale in terms of our, our gold output that we're targeting this year. So we're targeting up to 820,000 ounces of gold at an all-in-sustaining cost as low as $820 uh, per ounce. Uh, you know, obviously, in the prevailing gold price environment, this is going to present very well just in terms of our profitability and ongoing uh, free cash flow generation potential. Uh, as, as we've referenced here throughout the deck, you know, the second bullet point here, we had a, a very strong competitive quarter, good level of gold output, and again, at a very competitive all-in-sustaining cost. That obviously, uh, you know, really resonated here in the third bullet point. You see that flowing through in terms of our profitability and our free cash flow generation. Uh, I think it was a peer-leading result in terms of the, the quarterly free cash flow generation of 100 and $69 million. Uh, fourth bullet point, you can see that in terms of how we've been deploying that cash, we've been very focused on, uh, uh, you know, presenting a, a debt-free balance sheet. We've now achieved that here in Q2, uh, finishing the quarter of a net cash position of uh, $212 million. And if you take into account our available uh, credit facility capacity, as Darren mentioned, we have over $700 million of uh, total treasury uh, liquidity. So, you know, certainly a, uh, an internally funded business model uh, moving forward. Uh, the, the fifth bullet point here, just in terms of the dividend, uh, as Darren just mentioned, you know, the board uh, declared a uh, 25% increase in our quarterly dividend, so it increased it to $0.05 cents per, per, uh, per share. Uh, this is a quarterly dividend that, that we expect to be uh, maintaining uh, moving forward. 
And then the last bullet point here, Dan spoke to this earlier, uh, everything, uh, you know, we continue to be on track with uh, releasing uh, Kumtor's new 43101 Life of Mine uh, technical report. We're targeting to release that in the fall of uh, this year. Uh, and, and with that study, we're looking to convert, uh, you know, a meaningful portion of the uh, measured and indicated uh, resource increase that we announced back in March this year. So looking to convert a, you know, a meaningful portion of that into reserve category, and that's going to allow us to... Uh, you know, showcase a uh, you know a, a meaningful expansion in Kumtor's delineated uh, asset reserve life moving forward. Um, in terms of the the chart here in the top right, you know we we now got in excess of uh, you know 1.1 billion dollars of, of positive retained earnings. And if you just look at the history there in terms of the blue segment on on these uh, columns within this chart, you can see Sinterra's had a, you know, a very good history in terms of uh, profitability and obviously growing that retained earning balance. Uh, regardless of where we've been in the prevailing gold price cycle, which is illustrated by the red line chart. And then uh, what I think is one of the key takeaways from the quarter is, is the charts at the bottom of this slide. You can see in each of our uh, operations, we've been producing positive free cash flow. But what, what, I, what I'm very pleased with is, is when you look at the quarter over quarter progression at each operation, all of our operations are showing very meaningful improvements in their profitability and their positive free cash flow. And that, that reflects, you know, the, the underlying productivity, the underlying, you know, cost efficiency, but also just the benefit of this, uh, the higher gold price environment that we're benefiting from. And as Darren mentioned at Oxert, we're expecting, you know, meaningful progressive increases in the gold output profile from Oxert. So again, that's going to, you know, potentially present very well in terms of where our profitability, our free cash flow generation is going in the uh, in the back half, the second half of uh, this year. Um, with that, uh, I'll look to wrap up the presentation there. But what I'd like to do is now pass the call back to the operator, and we can uh, we can um, move into a Q and A session. So, operator, if I can pass it to you, please. Certainly. If you'd like to register a question, you can press the one followed by the four in your telephone, and you'll hear a three-tone prompt to acknowledge your request. If you'd like to withdraw your question, you can press one three. And again, that is one forty. Queue up. And the first question is from line of Bryce Adams from CIBC. Please go ahead. Uh, good morning, Scott and team. Thanks for taking my questions. I have two operational questions. Firstly, uh, the feed grades at Kumtor coming from the stockpiled ore were a tick under four grams per ton, and the stockpiled ore grade is 1.8 grams uh, to my understanding. In that context, my question is, uh, for how long is that elevated grade profile sustainable? And what's your grade outlook for the second half? Yeah, thanks, Bryce. Um, I'll, I'll give that call to Dan. Uh, sorry, I'll give your question to uh, Dan, our chief operating officer. Um, Dan, do you, do you want to touch on that just in terms of the different categories of stockpiles we have in terms of the 1.8 grams that Bryce touched on, but also maybe just speak to some of the positive grade reconciliations that we're seeing on the high grade and the medium grade? Absolutely. Okay, thanks, Bryce. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, Bryce, we have a, a large stockpile um, actually in our life of mine plan. You, you know, we see that uh, we end up milling for a couple of years after the end of the mine life. So we, we have, do have a, a very large low-grade st uh, stockpile set aside. Our cutoff grade is uh, 0.8 um, of a gram. So, um, so when you see the average of the 1.8, that's the averaging of the whole thing. So um, our second half... As Darren indicated, we will be uh, lowering the grade uh, slightly, but we're blending both our high grade, medium grade, and uh, whatever amount of our low grade that we want to put in uh, in order to uh, maximize our recoveries and, uh, and make our plans through to the end of um, feeding the stockpile. So, um, 
So to answer your question, we'll, we'll, we'll still be, we'll be lower than the second quarter. That's our current plan right now, but we have a lot of flexibility depending on how much of our, our very high grade. As Scott alluded to also, we've been seeing some very good positive grade reconciliations in our, in our high grade stockpile. Um, and, um, and that we anticipate that probably to go forward, but we don't, uh, we don't budget for that. Um, so those are additional ounces we end up getting on a regular basis. I think I got it. Um, so for the second half, you think it would normalize back to sort of Q1 levels? Is that a good guide to use? We're, we're targeting uh, guidance. We still believe we're going to be within guidance. So, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's certainly back closer to the, to the quarter one, yeah. Got it. Uh, my second question relates to Mount Milligan unit costs. So 2020 costs per tonne for mining and milling continue to demonstrate significant improvement over the 2019 levels. Uh, could you touch on and remind me what the, you know, the key drivers are for that cost improvement? Well, one of our, uh, that's a good question. And Scott, I, I, I can dig that. That's fine. Um, yeah, first of all, our, 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 our new general manager from, he's been there a year and a half ago, has been doing an excellent, excellent job just looking for efficiencies. And we brought in different experts to do that. So it, it's on, um, but they've, they've also benefited from the, uh, the lower diesel fuel price, which is one of our major cost drivers. And he's flattened his organizational structure, so some of the labor costs are down. So, uh, you know, and overall, um, he's, he's found some efficiencies in mining, so we're, we're anticipating a continued uh, benefit on the, on the mining side. And how significant is the Canadian dollar for those unit costs? Uh, not, not highly, unless it's affected by the, the, the oil price. Uh, all our labor costs there, and you know we buy pretty much 100% locally. So, got it. Okay, that's it for me. Thanks for taking the questions. Uh, talk to you all again soon. Cheers. The next question is from line of Dalton Barreto from Canaccord Genuity. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about this uh, COVID situation that uh, seems to be escalating in Kyrgyzstan and potentially around Kumtor. Um, and more specifically, I'm trying to understand the implications on your 2021 production profile. So, I mean, year to date, you've only mined 585,000 tons of ore, and that's, a, that's been a function of the haul distances and so on. But if you're going to be curtailing rates going forward to keep the head count down, you know, what are the implications for 2021? I mean, well, what's the plan to keep the mill fed there? Thanks, Dalton. Um, Dan, do you want to address? Dan, can I let you address that? But Dan, just also touch on the fact that we're never scheduling to mine any ore this year, and it's exclusively on waste mining. But Dan, I'll, I'll pass it over to you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dalton. Uh, very good question. And yes, we we have been uh, affected on our, t our total mine tons, but mostly due to our terrible incident in Lisi, which caused us to have to haul from cutback uh, 20, which is our, we're very high up in, uh, in one ridge uh, down to our central valley, which greatly extended our haul distances. Another complication that we've been having that we're getting through now is much of that haul distance is, is at the maximum uh, of 10% 10, uh, 10 grade. And uh, during uh, the past few months, this is our snowy season in the spring, and so uh, we've, we've lost uh, some time just from weather conditions, slippery, slippery conditions. So we, we believe we're coming around a corner now, now that we've, um, now that we've um, 
got our permits to go back into Lisi, and we've also come down quite a ways on that cutback, uh, more than 100 meters down. Um, so it, we're we're looking looking much better. The imp the implications are right now we were not going to be mining any ore uh, in the remainder of this year, and very little in the first two quarters of of next year. So it, it's all about the release of ore. What we've done is we've looked at our mine plans, and with the drilling results, uh, we have adjusted our mine plans. So we're really seeing substantially similar ounce production for 2020 with our actuals that we know up to today, as was in the um, the original um, 43101 Life of Mine plans that uh, that that is public. So, so okay. So if I understand, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, Doug. Dan, Dan uh, misspoke a little bit when he said we're seeing, uh, you know, a, a consistent level of production in 2020. I think Dan's referring to 2021. So, you know, the success we've had in our yeah, mine sorry. resource yes, and what have you. Yeah, we've, in terms of our mine plan, which is draft right now, we'll be releasing that in the fall of this year. But in terms of how we're recalibrating that, we are seeing a similar level of gold production in 2021, which is, you know, similar or consistent with what was in the original 43101. So that exploration success has, has alleviated uh, any challenges that we may be facing right now in terms of mining productivity levels. Okay, great. So, so 2021 production isn't at risk despite the fact that you may be mining less or no ore this year. Correct. And, and, okay. just, and, I'm then, being, and I'm being repetitive. I apologize, but you know, in our original plans this year, we'll never, we won't even schedule to be mining any ore. The plan always for this year, like even pre-pandemic, was that we were going to be exclusively treating ore from our stockpile inventory. And in terms of our mining activity, it was exclusively focused on waste mining. Right. No, I, I understood that, but I, you know, I'm just wondering where the ore from 2021 will come from. So that's all stockpile ore as well. Uh, for the first for the first half of 2021, it's from stockpile ore, and then you know, as we sort of increasingly move into later Q3, Q4, then it's the release of ore from uh, Cutback 21. Understood. Okay. And then just maybe one more question on the uh, on the COVID issues and the impact on your workforce. There is that is that a function of you actually catching it before the mine gate and quarantining people, or are you actually seeing absenteeism up as well, just given increasing rates? Dan, do you want to take that, please? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, yes, well, it, it, there is a little bit of absenteeism due to all the family stresses. When uh, obviously, when uh, when family members are affected, uh, either moderately or severely, uh, we can have people calling in and um, and being sick. But a majority is that on our screening process, where we're very strict. We uh, for most of up until now, we and we still do now. We test people twice. And uh, so that's picked up uh, a lot of uh, positive cases. And um, because of that, if they were quarantined with other people, those other people even will go off for two weeks longer because they had exposure to someone who's tested positive. So we've been very strict, uh, which did then affect um, some of our crew changes because we anticipated certain 30, 40 people coming up. And, and if one or two, uh, if one was positive, then all all 45, for example. So we've adjusted our strategies since February to, uh, you know, account for the different uh, changes. But um, but uh, we're, we're we're feeling positive. Uh, we continue to feel positive that we can operate through this time, and uh, and we're getting great cooperation from government when we've had different challenges. 
Okay, great. Just maybe one last one for me, then I'll jump back in queue. So at, at Oak Suit, I understand the, uh, the leech care kinetics, but year to date, you're just 19% of the low end of guidance from a production perspective. Is that in line with your plans, in line with what you were thinking? Yeah, no, it certainly is, Dalton. Um, I think what I've been uh, representing, you know, to the investment community is that, what you know, but back when we were sort of, you know, speaking with the capital markets investment community in Q2, as I said, you're going to see that Q2 production will be double what we achieved in uh, Q1. And then, and then here in Q3, uh, again, I'm expecting that we'll be producing more than double what we produced in uh, Q2. So, for example, if you look at our guidance, you'd be expecting us to be producing, you know, sort of, in excess of uh, 10,000 ounces per month here in, in the back half of this year. And I, I can confirm that we've already already achieved that level of run rate here in the month of July at Oxford. So it's going to be a very meaningful uh, progressive ramp up in gold production, and it's progressing well. That's great. Thank you, guys. I'll jump back in here. The next question is from the line of Mike Jelonin from Bank of America. Please go ahead. Well, good morning, Scott and everyone. Just uh, had a question on Greenstone, uh, Scott. Uh, I'm sure you noticed uh, IM Gold's moving ahead with Cote Gold. Uh, use a $1,900 gold price for their IRR, which was interesting, or high price. Just wondering what uh, gold, with gold where it is, uh, what the status of this project is. Uh, uh, thanks. Yeah, no, look, thanks, Mike, for the question. Um, no change in status. Um, you know, with both of our uh, organic growth projects, we obviously have the Comes project in British Columbia, and then we have the uh, the Greenstone Joint Venture project here in in uh, Ontario. Uh, in terms of the you know the economics that we've uh, been looking at, in terms of our prior uh, economic assessments, you know, from from our perspective, you know, in, in our boardroom setting, uh, we're not seeing a, a value proposition or a rate of return that would uh, compel the board to, to, to make a proceed decision or a construction decision. Um, and and that, that continues to uh, be the case. So uh, as I look at a, you know, the course of this year and, and moving into that next year, you know, consistent with our guidance, uh, I, I presently don't see us making a construction decision on either of our, our projects. Okay. Thank you. The next question is from line of Mike Parkin from National Bank. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, congrats on a really solid quarter. Uh, just wondering for, you know, you, you mentioned you're continuing uh, to progress on the long-term water uh, solution for Mount Milligan. Is there any major milestone that we should be watching for in the back half of the year? Um, do, you want to, do you want to address that? Uh, sure, Scott. Um, in terms of milestones, I wouldn't say there's a milestone. We are we have made a formal application, um, and we expect to file more detailed um, materials and analyses to support um, all the water sources that we're looking for. Uh, but in terms of milestones, I don't I don't see um, anything on the long term. It's it's ticking along, and but as you can appreciate, it's a a relatively long process in terms of consultation with regulators and, and uh, First Nations. So um, that's about all I can say on, on the long term. We, we are looking at uh, potentially extending the current uh, medium-term water sources that we have. Um, uh, but again, that's all, that's all part of the process. Okay. 
Uh, and then just one other uh, follow-up to Bryce's question on the, the grade performance uh, at Coom Tour in the second quarter. Can you tell us what your internal budget was, uh, just to have a sense of like what that positive reconciliation uh, factor was? Um, I don't think I can, Mike. I, I, as a matter of practice, I try to never quote what our internal budget numbers are um, because you can imagine our budgets are always more of a, a stretch target relative to guidance, which is you know, somewhat discounted. Um, so no, I, I don't think I'm in a position to disclose that, Mike. All right. Just happy to see that it, it continues. All right. Well, thanks very much, and congrats on the quarter. Thanks, Mike. The next question is from line of Trevor Turnbull with Scotiabank. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks. Um, maybe just a quick kind of housekeeping question on, on the coronavirus-related uh, uh, questions you addressed a minute ago. I was just wondering, does the Kyrgyz Republic have any sort of travel restrictions that makes it hard to either bring in people that, uh, that you need as consultants for Kumtor or, or even people on rotation that are trying to come in from other countries? And just how are you addressing that? Uh, Dan, do you want to take that, please? Yeah, very happy to. Uh, yes, it's certainly um, since the beginning, uh, the Kyrgyz uh, government uh, greatly restricted uh, reg regular flights. Um, they did uh, repatriate a lot of their uh, nationals from around around the world, and that's really what brought the virus in. And in terms of um, the government made it clear more than two months ago that any any mining company or, or business that required uh, their expats to come in, they, uh, they approved that. Um, but we have not taken advantage of that. We uh, we did not want to be contributing. Uh, to any increase, so we've we've dramatically decreased the number of uh, expats that we have in country, um, but we've learned very well to uh, manage from a distance, and just as we have been he doing here in in Canada and Toronto, um, so we we don't see um, any effect right now on that. In terms of consultants, we have had some small delays on a few of our capital projects, but um, we've been now been able to bring in the consultants require. We required for both the uh, different construction capital projects that we have, and um, we've had to find uh, you know different uh, different ways uh, to be able to complete our 43101 and to have all the uh, consultant sign-off support. So, so we're we're looking okay in terms of our shift changes, etc. Um, we've extended our our stay at the mine site, which just makes it easier to do the screening, um, but. Um, we've been able to uh, shift in and out uh, people as, as we require. Okay. Um, you just mentioned the 43101, uh, and you've said that's coming out this fall. Any tighter time? I mean, can you tell us if that's going to be Q3, Q4, any sense of better timing on that? Uh, Dan, why don't I take that? Um, Trevor, I, I don't think we can give you any uh, specific you know, firmer timing on that. Um, we just had our board meeting yesterday, obviously, and, you know, in terms of discussing that with the board, um, you know, the, the board wants to make sure that we, uh, you know, produce, a, you know, a very high-quality product just giving, you know, given what we've been uh, referencing. And um, we, we still don't have a fixed timeline in terms of when we're going to, you know, caucus the board and have a board meeting, et cetera. So uh, I don't think we can address that question. Okay. Um, 
then the other thing I wanted to ask about Kumtor and uh, with respect to the, the new trucks and the increase to the fleet, um, I think you said there was 11 trucks getting added. What does that kind of work out to in, in terms of increased haulage capacity that you've got um, compared to the existing fleet? Dan, I'll let you take that, please. Yeah, no, no problem. So our, our existing fleet um, is just was just shy of 100 trucks, uh, two-thirds being uh, 789s. Uh, we're, we're adding, we're looked to be, we're adding 11 here, so that would be a, an, a, you know adding about 10% to our, our capabilities, and then we'll we'll be adding additional equipment most likely in uh, as we move forward with the 43101. And with respect to those those trucks, obviously it, it increases your ability um, to to move everything, but uh, you're also facing some of these issues as you alluded to earlier with the with the the relocation of the waste dump um is is some of the new fleet's excess capacity is that actually getting um you know is that is that a way of mitigating some of the longer haulage distances or is or is that um truly all say 10 percent increase in in capacity or is some of that eroded by by the longer haulage distances yeah, certainly you're you're correct. Um, so some as we 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 are planning to move more tons per year, but but not not ten percent more tons. So so it is okay. because of the additional uh, yeah hauling distance. Um, all right, I appreciate that. And then finally, just one last uh, kind of strategic question for for you guys, um, Scott. You went through a number of of kind of bullet points with respect to the debt, the balance sheet, uh, liquidity, um, and and not only where you stand in terms of, of a very comfortable liquidity position, but also you're adding to that with, with free cash flow and Oxsuit uh, continuing to ramp up. Um, I'm sure you're starting to get capital allocation priority questions um, from, from investors. Uh, we're getting them with respect to all of our companies and, and especially those that are, that are building up more and more cash. Uh, you raised your dividend, so there's a little bit there. Um, but then you also, I think, just uh, mentioned that neither of your two kind of uh, pipeline projects are quite ready to, to make decisions on. So, so what are you telling investors with respect to capital allocation? What, what happens to all this cash? Trevor, uh, your question is uh, very appropriate and, and very valid. Um, as I mentioned, we just had our board meeting yesterday and uh, we spent a lot of time uh, talking about this in terms of capital allocation. Uh, we, we, we management, uh, having a strategy session with our board in uh, September, and uh, you can imagine that's, uh, that's one of the key agenda items is you know, capital allocation and, you know, what we're going to do with this growing profitability, this strong free cash flow, especially if the strong gold price environment uh, continues. So we, we recognize that. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we don't, we don't see ourselves making a uh, construction decision on our two organic growth opportunities. So capital allocation is going to be uh, paramount. Um, but Trevor, I, I can't, honest, honestly, I can't answer your question because uh, we're going to be strategizing on that with the board. Uh, in the month of September, but obviously, if you're, you know, if you're kind of referencing shareholder-friendly initiatives, uh, I would acknowledge that there is there's certainly potential there uh, for us to be uh, considering that. But that's about as much as I can say, Trevor. I'm sorry. Um, 
no problem. I think we'll, uh, we'll all be anxious to see what, what you guys come up with. Um, that's all I had. Thanks. The next question is a follow-up from Brian MacArthur from Raymond James. Please go ahead. Uh, good day. Uh, most of my questions have been answered, but just want to clarify a couple of things. First of all, in the 43101, um, are we going to have the benefit of the uh, permits that you just got from the lease waste dump, i.e. the benefits of the shorter hauls than you maybe would have had if you hadn't been able to use that going forward? Is that all going to be incorporated into this uh, study? I mean, I think it originally was, but I wasn't sure what you were doing, given that was an uncertain situation. Yep. Um, Dan, do you want to take that, please? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we're, we've definitely incorporated that. Uh, we, we never really thought it was uh, uncertain the government would approve us going back, but we had to go through the steps to, get, to actually get the adjusted permits uh, from a safety angle, from an environmental angle, so all those have been uh, received. We're we're going to we're building off of our um, of our our end of June, possibly even the end of July actuals um, for the 43101. So it'll it'll reflect everything that uh, as we understand it uh, going forward. Great, thanks. And I, and I apologize to go back to the grades at Coombe uh, uh, because obviously you have flexibility with all the stockpiles there. Um, but I just want to make sure some of the benefits, positive reconciliation, but are you actually, um, and you mentioned you had to blend it to keep everything to get recoveries, but are you actually trying to manage, obviously you've got a stockpile there, gold prices are higher. Are you actually trying to manage to the gold price here um, with therefore taking a little higher graded near term, or is it purely just um, balancing the uh, blending to get the recoveries is what you're doing? Uh, Dan, you or I can take that, but uh, I, just, I just want to reiterate, we are not managing uh, to the gold price uh, more than anything, Brian. We, we have been seeing uh, positive grade reconciliations, and, you know, I recognize when you look at our guidance for Kumtor and look at where we stand for the first half of this year that we're, we're very well positioned in terms of what that could mean, you know, moving forward. But in terms of our guidance, we continue to maintain it. We, we continue, we haven't made any changes because I think we just want to be, uh, you know, very measured very measured in how we're, uh, you know, guiding the market because there is uncertainty in regards to the COVID-19 pandemic. But, um, no, it, we're definitely not managing to the gold price. It's, uh, it's just been, you know, positive uh, stockholder mill reconciliation. But, you know, Dan, is there anything you want to add to that? Uh, uh, Scott, that's uh, right. We, we Because we're feeding off stockpile over starting, you know, six months ago and going for another almost year, um, yeah, we're, we're trying to have a steady state, maximizing our recovery, really, uh, is is the greater focus? Great, thanks. That what I what I thought, but I just wanted to make sure. Thank you. And there are no other questions. I'll turn it back over for closing remarks. John, do you want to close the call? <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's uh, great, Scott. Uh, thank you all for joining us uh, on the call today, uh, and I look forward to uh, you know, answering any further questions. Uh, so with that, we'll wrap up the call. Thank you. That does conclude the conference call for today. We thank you for your participation, and you can now disconnect your lines. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.